Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last Chat. Hey, T. Hey, Lisa girl. How you doing this Friday? Child, listen. I've been a busy bee. I've been a busy, busy bee. I make so many promotions for other people that now that I make a promotion for myself, it's like, what do I put? What do I, what should it look like? <laughs> a different story, right? Child, listen, listen, I'm trying to do videos and waiting for pictures. So listen, y'all, <laughs> I'm doing a Visions and Books Eat and Greet February the 8th of 2020. And I did my first one back in 2017. And at that event, we did like a paint a paint and chat type theme. So this is going to be a vision board party type theme. And it's a little bit different because I'm doing a book event portion from four to seven. And then from seven to nine, it's going to be the vision and books um, party. And so I have my featured authors and I'm trying to do all these different promotions and sponsorship letters and good job just doing everything plus work and the show and child I'm just over here doing stuff (laughs) (laughs) now I have a question Leash I know we you know you did the first one and and people for those that didn't uh, weren't able to attend it was great for her first time out so I'm expecting nothing but betterness from her this time. But I'm interested to know why you chose to do a vision board party. What's the, the, the vision behind that? Actually, it was just something different. Um, when I did mm-hmm. the Eat and Greet originally, um, Justin, Justin Q. Young, who is an author and a graphic artist, he does 
um, painting set. Painting set. And he's an artist. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, ooh, can you come and do a painting set theme? And so to do the vision board party, I reached out to an author that um, does vision board parties. And mm-hmm. still waiting for a reply, so cross your fingers, but that was, I was like, that's something different. And I want, it's going to be, right. it's, it's going to be a little different because the last event was plated, you know, so everybody had a plated meal. This event is going to be a buffet. Um, it's going to mm-hmm. be what I told them is, you know, I want it cute. You know, mm-hmm. I want the, the experience to be really cute and, and, but I want them to be able to create because we only got so much time mm-hmm. and I'm trying to do a little some other little things in between. Um, I had the idea of some type of entertainment, but what I want to do, I seem to can't do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I want to have a comedian, right? And so I know Mm -hmm. a comedian and I called him and he was telling me his, his prices and I asked another comedian. He was telling, and I, and I called my cousin who's a comedian and uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't realize (laughs) What twenty minutes of comedy cost? I, I honestly, I did not. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know like what a set is. I didn't know how long you know it should last. So just being able to talk to those few people, I get a little glimpse of that part of the that industry and and how it works. And I was like, oh, okay, because I thought that mm-hmm. would be really cool to have uh, a comedy do a comedian do a little set but I don't think it's something that I'm you know I'm trying to just Mm -hmm. get one more little piece of entertainment I don't know if it's going to be a comedian if it's going to be a singer but I just want to do something just a little bit different I think that you know book events it's always kind of like a one-night stand hey how you doing Mm -hmm. sign my book and that's it you know what I'm saying you kind of like in a one-night stand slash drive-through and Mm -hmm. You don't. A reader doesn't get to sit down and have that intimate connection with their favorite authors, or even be mm-hmm. able to experience a new author. Because you know, I always compare books. If you've listened to Let's Chat for the last six years, I always compare books and literature to going inside Baskin and Robbins. It's it's thirty one mm-hmm. flavors. You don't know what you want. You don't know what you like until you taste it. And the only way you taste it is them little pink spoons or the little white spoons that they give you, but it's the visual. You know, it's the visual Mm -hmm. first that gets you like, ooh, that looks good. Let me get it. Well, that's the same thing for a reader. They look at the cover, that looks good. The author's personality, are they approachable? How they mix and mingle, that looks good. You know, so Mm -hmm. I want readers to have a 31 flavor experience when they come mm-hmm. to any event that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do that for a reason. Because as a reader, that's what we do. Everything is visual. We have to taste it. We got to feel it. So these 10 authors that I picked, I picked strategically, and they're picked for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just throw authors out the sky and like, well, I'm going to have this person. No, I picked them for a reason. I know what the reader is getting. I know what that author pen game is. I know what that author brings to the industry. I know their creativity, mm-hmm. their personality. I know the experience that the reader is going to get. And I also know that the content they're going to get. I know that everything is going to be genuine. It's going to be authentic. It's going to be lit and it's going to be on point. 
Mm-hmm. So when you sit down and you pay your money for a book, you want to know, oh, that's going to be on point. And all the authors that I have, I've read their books, and I know that they're on point. I know what their craft mm-hmm. is. I know what their pen game does. They twerk that pen, and that's, as a reader, that excites me. And so I like to be able to share that with other readers who has ne- who may not have experienced them. Now, it's a little different mm-hmm. because I mixed up the genres. So it's a... a different genres. And this is my thought behind that. As a reader, we can't get stuck on just one drama. Because if you kind of think about it, even if you like Street Lit, I don't know if you guys listened to the show last night, but we did really talk about this last night on the show. Um, When you look at Street Lit, Street Lit has evolved. Street Lit has been around since Cordelia the Crude back in the Renaissance. That's back in old time Mm -hmm. Harlem. So it, it evolves with the times, but if you look at it, it's more than just shoot them up, bang, bang, drugs, and murder. You mm-hmm. might get four or five different genres in one book. You're going to get you some romance. You're going to get you some adventure. You're going to get you some conspiracy theories, some suspense. You don't know what it is. It just depends on the author's pen and their creativity. Mm-hmm. And so you get a taste of little genres. In, in, in books and so with mm-hmm. these authors I have a historical romance author you know I I know that her books are good and I know what what she brings as far as an author to the industry and that draws people in that draws mm-hmm. readers in and then the content is what snatches them up and you have a new fan Okay, but also, Lise, you know, I, 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 and um, for those that did tune in, um, I wasn't able to be on the show, but I know Leash would hold it down. But regarding street lit, I think that um, social media has played a big role in how people perceive street lit because, like you said, it's not all about the drugs and the gangs and everything. You do get a combination of different types of feel in a street lit, and I don't even think street lit does it true justice. Because it's more than just street lit, you know. Uh, some right. some some um, urban culture books can actually be seen on the on the screen. They're they're that good. Absolutely, you know. But I mean, we see, and, and we and, see them every day. Right. We see them every day. So, so it's not all about the gang banging and the cursing and the drugs and it's a how a whole lot more. The pens have evolved. The authors have evolved. And I think it's true to today's times, which in part, you know, you say we see it today. It's just bringing it all into the focus that you could just sit down and just lose yourself in a good book. Right. But if you think about it, those books are their life. A lot of mm-hmm. authors, especially male authors, even some female authors, they write books based on their experience. Their experience, right. their life, the things that they have gone through, they've turned it into um, fiction to be able to protect a lot of elements in the book. But if you think about it and mm-hmm. you go back to um, Sister Soldier, she did that with her book, mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Coldest Winter Ever, because when she did that book originally, that was just what it was a biography. But it wasn't touching right. who she, the, the the fan base that she wanted to touch. So she turned it into a story. So mm-hmm. it's it's done across the board. It's it's done everywhere. You have lots of authors that do it in different genres. Um, and Street Lit, I guess, 
they kind of get a bad rap sometimes because they of do. the type of violence in the books. But if you think about it, mm-hmm. in some neighborhoods, that's they live that violence. That's what it is for real. And if you can't relate because you didn't experience it or grow up with it, it makes it hard to process. And I think that's the mm-hmm. best part about being read a reader. I get to process and experience a life that other people had to experience, and I did not have to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot That's of things that people went through that I didn't have to go through. And right. to understand your culture and to understand your people, you got to understand that these are things that are happening. You got five-year-olds that are walking to the store. You know, it's like, really? But they do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You got six and, and seven-year-olds acting like they the parent. You know, they watching the baby, the, right. the baby brothers and sisters. Because that's real life. But that's what brings the authenticity to an author's pen. You get mm-hmm. a taste of their authenticity and you get a, a taste from another one. And that's what makes it all real. And that's what also makes it all different. So it's just a matter of finding your niche and, and making it your own. Absolutely. And even though it does seem like it's the same thing, it's just people really talking about their lives. People are like, oh, it's oversaturated, but this is the world that we live in. And everybody's mm-hmm. everybody's pen has a signature. You know, everybody has a signature. So even though I may write something, you may write something, and, and, and Peter may write something, or Paul may write something, or Jacob may got something he want to say, it's all going to be different. Shelly going to throw in her mm-hmm. two cent. Her two cent twist is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Remember that exercise you used to do? I don't know if y'all did it, but in kindergarten, like the teacher would tell you, would sit in a circle, the teacher would tell you something, and then you would have to tell the next person what the teacher said, and then that person would have to tell the next person what you said that the teacher said. It was like that mm-hmm. exercise to talk about how rumors get started, but that's really how books are started. If you think about it, mm-hmm. How it happened, this person said it, this is how it happened. But now this person got it, they put their twist on it, now this is how it happened. Well, now this person got it, they done put their twist on it. What this person and this person said, now this person got it over here and they done passed it on. But by the time it gets back around, it's not the same story. Right. Things have been added, taken out, left out. It's just all mixed up. And that's really what writing is. Mm -hmm. That's true. And it's, it's what you make of it and how you what you take away from it. Because I may read a book and perceive it one way. Uh-huh. You may read a book and, and, and perceive it another way. And, and everyone uh-huh. that reads it has their own perception of the book. But we all enjoyed that same book. Absolutely. And if you think about it, text has no emotion. That's why authors have to write with a finesse. Because text has uh-huh. no emotion. If somebody texts you, the emotion that is put behind those words are based on how you're feeling at that moment, how you're receiving it at that moment. So the Mm -hmm. emotion behind any print is how you're feeling about it at that moment. And it's really you. So I think that that takes me to audiobooks. A lot of readers have a hard time with audiobooks because when they read a book, it's they're putting their emotion behind that text, uh, that, that, that text that the author has presented their emotion, mm-hmm. their vision of what the the character looks like, how they talk, how they act. So then now they see it in audible and they're listening to it in audible and it has a narrator. 
That's why I always mm-hmm. say sometimes with audiobooks, the narrator throws off the reader. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those readers. The reader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those readers that can't get into audible books. Every time I go see see you and you, I get in the car, you're listening to an audio book. But in my head, I just can't get into it because in my head, each character has their own voice. Each character has their own look. And the way they enunciate their words, you know, I put all that. It's like a movie in my head when I'm reading. And I don't get that satisfaction from audible books. I know some people have busy lives, and that's the only way that they're able to take in a good book. But um, just like it was hard for me to go from text to e-books, but I have to have those characters in my head, and they have to be individualized uh-huh. with the voices. You know, I try to listen when I get down there by you, but... um. I still have to go back and read it again. <laughs> well, you know what I have learned? This is what I have learned because mom, I'm busy all the time. My hands are busy. I am always have something I got to do. And sometimes mm-hmm. I might have to read a person's book um, based on mm-hmm. I'm trying to check their flow or whatever it is that I'm doing. Sometimes I got to listen to right. it because my eyes and my hands are busy doing something else. But as right. a reader, this is what I have learned the right author and the right pen, I can listen to an Amazon book. And I'm going to throw an author out there, Nika Michelle. I can listen to mm-hmm. any of Nika Michelle's books. And I can have Amazon, not an audible read, but just um, Alexa read the Kindle version of a book. And it's just mm-hmm. like an audiobook. Mm-hmm. It, it it gives you that feel, but it's the author's words, the words that they use, the way they move the characters, the way they finesse their words, all of that, that comes into it mm-hmm. where I don't have to necessarily listen to an audio book. I can listen to the Kindle version of a book just being read. But then I've read mm-hmm. some books that they didn't have that flow. Their flow was off. And I've listened to some mm-hmm. audio books where the narrator just made me mad in the beginning. Like, that's not even how you pronounce their name. Oh, was you speaking exactly. Spanish or were you speaking Hawaiian? I mean, what is that? I mean, it, it frustrates you as a reader because it's like, that's not even how you pronounce his name. She don't say a name like mm-hmm. that because in your mind, you're like, Mm-mm, this is how they say the name. This is this is how it is. And so it, it's mm-hmm. a little frustrating on that end with the audio books to listen to the um illustrator because sometimes it's their voice sometimes it's the way they're pronouncing the words sometimes it's the fact that it's a man reading a female part or a female Mm -hmm. reading a male part and that 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 throws you off as a reader it's like it it becomes a turnoff and then you have to that's why I have to do I have to buy both if I have it in audio if I have it in audible I have it either on Mm -hmm. kindle or I have it in paperback I have to because mm-hmm. if I listen to the audible and I'm like five seconds in, I'm like I can't, I can't listen to his voice. I don't understand. Did mm-hmm. they leave, did they listen to they they audible before they put this mug out? I just, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> and also it means not all audible books narrators are created equal. You have some out there that just true. need to just read the book and not even speak, but then you have some <laughs> dynamic ones out there. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't send me no emails, but some just need to read it and not speak it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. But it's just, it's all true. It's just true. It it happens, but 
it has evolved. I guess being a reader, it, it all has evolved, just like being an author. You know, in the beginning, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, they didn't have all the stuff that they have now. So authors have to evolve. You have authors right. that have been writing for 20 years that approach a reader like they just started writing yesterday because you're always reinventing yourself. You're always reinventing your pen. That's why I always say there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with going and, and tightening up your library. Every book you write right. is not going to hit. That's just what it is. Every book you write is not going to hit. However, when it does hit, you want them to go back because what's going to happen is they're going to read a book. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling this pen. And they're going to go read another book, and they're going to go all the way back. So you want to make sure that all of your books, I don't care if you wrote it five years ago, at some point in time, you need to take the time and retouch it. Make sure that what you've learned now you put in those books that you wrote five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, however far along it's been because your pen has been seasoned and your style has been changed and your craft has been enhanced. So you need to go back and touch those old books to make sure that you're all, you got quality in your library all the way through. Mm-hmm. So true. Now these are the, the, the ramblings of two avid readers. This is what Lisa and I get to do <laughs> when we get together. Because we absolutely love talking about books. You know, we are avid readers. And for those that are just tuning in, welcome to Let's Chat this Friday evening. Lisa and I has already gotten on our on our box, haven't introduced the show, introduced <laughs> ourselves. But um, this is what we do. We love literature and everything that's associated with literature. You know, we love and appreciate it. But just to let you guys know, Lisa and I started this show off six years ago as just readers. But our show has evolved to include more than just readers and and authors and things like that, which is a testament to our show tonight, which is Walking in Your Purpose. And one of our guests is the one and only actor-comedian Rodney Perry and author Shamika Jones. But we love what we do here on this chat. We do it in a royal way, no matter what it may be. We love to have fun and share um, our passions with the word, and not just the word, but with the arts you know, all arts across the board. And we do it in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment because that's all. That's the only way we know how to do it. And we hope you guys are ready for a fantastic show. You know, get your stomachs together because I'm sure Rodney Perry's going to come up in here having us laughing, having a good time. So once again, welcome to Let's Chat this Friday evening. My name is Miss Tony, and I am joined by the one and only Miss Leisha. Make sure you guys check out the top of the show because she has some exciting things coming to to the um, Atlanta area in February of 2020. Once again, welcome to Let's Chat. Absolutely, and I'm excited. And we, I want to just thank y'all. Listen, our replays are popping. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. We appreciate you guys so much. Let me tell you, we have appreciation for you guys regardless because it makes us feel good to be able to go to different places and people know who we are. And and it's like, oh, you don't even know who's watching you. You don't know who knows you. I just want to shout out royalty. These ladies of... uh. Miss uh, Portia Sterling's publishing company because we've had quite a few of them on the show. And when I say Mm -hmm. these are more than just creative authors, I love the fact that 
she is teaching them along the way. And I love the fact that they have such teachable spirits and the desire and passion the Priste brand. We had mm-hmm. one on. She called somebody else. She hit us up that same day. I got to be on this show. We had her on the show last <laughs> night. Listen, them ladies over there is not playing. Y'all better step y'all pin game up because they is not playing. They is they is with all the smoke. They want it all. And we have another one of their fabulous authors on the show today. I'm excited. I met her actually at the, and I didn't know who her publisher was. I met her mm-hmm. at the uh, Atlanta Kickback. And for all those who don't know who the Atlantic, what the Atlanta Kickback is, it's a big book event put on by 556 Book Chicks. Now, 556 Book Chicks is a book club here in the Atlanta area. And this is, mm-hmm. I want to say, their third event. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have maybe over 100 authors. It's a fabulous event. If mm-hmm. you're ever in the Atlanta area, make sure you come through. But if you are an author and you have readers in your area, book clubs in your area, embrace those book clubs. Embrace those readers. Reach out to them. Because book clubs are the heartbeat of the industry. They right. are part of the, those readers are part of the reason why your book has legs. Outside of your characters mm-hmm. and outside of your content, these readers helped your book to have these legs that it has to be able to go beyond just being a book. Mm-hmm. Their, their creativity, okay. their passion for your pen, their, the things that they look for as far as what excites them as readers, that that energy is enhanced when you read a pen that's on point. And so when you go to talk about that pen to somebody, like if I'm talking about a book to Tony and she hasn't read it, I'm excited. My excitement, my passion for this author and what I read makes Tony want to go out and one click that book and read it too. Mm-hmm. That's so you want to make sure that so you many are... people experience that least here on the mm-hmm. show. They hear a new author and they get the, to hear that passion and they're one clicking as they're listening to the show absolutely absolutely so i just want to just shout out the ladies of royalty um promotions uh, royalty promotions that's my promotion company royalty (laughs) the royalty squad because listen they is not playing over there y'all them ladies is not playing and so we have our first fabulous guest Miss Shamika Jones, she's gonna come and kick in the chat room doors with us and talk that talk. Welcome, hey ladies, thanks for having me. You are so very welcome. We hope to have a great conversation with you, Miss Shamika. I'm ready. Okay, so before <laughs> you get started, we like to just for you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your literary journey, and your books. Um, okay, Shamika Jones. Shamika is uh I'm a talking third person. <laughs> Shamika <laughs> is thirty seven. No, I don't I don't uh, up my age. I'm thirty six. I'm not thirty seven yet. Thirty six, um, single, no children, um, have a passion for writing, been writing for um probably about ten years. But I've always liked, you know, love writing, mainly poetry. That's what I really was into. Like at a young age, most uh, most writers, you know, they they had love for English in school, and they, you know, 
did papers and stuff like that. It was that was not my journey. I did not like reading. That was not my thing. I could always read, but I was just bored by it. And one of my best friends bought me a book, The Coldest One Ever. I'll never forget it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. after reading that book, it kind of just opened my eyes to, you know, if you actually, you know, get into books that you actually like, it'll kind of tune you into reading stuff that you don't like. Even though you don't like it, you still will be in tuned in it. And, like, after that, it was like, I was I was ready to dive into writing like a long time ago, but um, I didn't you know take it seriously until like maybe around 2014, and then January 2015 I actually signed to Royalty Publishing House, and when I signed I already had four books ready to go. You know I, I had already been writing. I had been studying my craft, studying other books, and I I really wasn't you know I didn't know too much about the eBooks. Uh, back then, because I'm a paperback girl. Like I said, I'm 36. I was born in 1983. So it was, you know, Walmart, Barnes and Nobles, Black Expressions, you know, that's that's where I got my literature from. So it was, you know, the ebook thing was completely different for me, but it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And <laughs> um, that's pretty much me. Um, Branding wise, um, I know I'm known as the one that writes the turned out books. Pretty much most of my books have a turned out title. It's turned out by someone. And so I just actually turned made the turned out brand my brand. So I have a team turned out, which is a, a group of readers that we discuss books. I do giveaways, all kind of good stuff. Talk to them about the books, you know. And so turned out, you know, it's my brand. And I know people here turned out, you know, because I get those looks when I'm doing signing. <laughs> And I have to bring them in and like, look, don't don't look at the title. That's just to grab you. You got to come read the content to see what it's about. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much, you know, my journey and and my branding and how I started. I love it. I love it. So I want to mm-hmm. go back because you said that you had four books on deck when you got signed. I want to mm-hmm. know. What was going on when you sat down to write that first book? What what made you say, okay, I'm about to do it? Because, you know, sometimes, honestly, because, you know, today our topic is walking in your purpose. And yeah. sometimes we have that, that voice that says, do it, do it, do it, and we don't do it. And then it, it nags us, and sometimes we're like, okay, I'm about to do it. And then it's like, what did I just do? So <laughs> what was going on when you sat down and said, I'm about to write this book? And then four books later, my other question is, what made you want to uh, submit that to the publisher? Um, honestly, and, you know, I've always dreaded this question because this is my first, you know, like interview. And I always thought when people ask me that question, do I want to tell them the real reason I started? <laughs> or yes, we want to know. <laughs> no, man, don't okay. clean it up. Uh-uh, okay, we want to so- know. So I had been I I had been reading like I said I've been like I got a million paperback books so I read all kind of stuff you know all genres it don't matter I read it you know if it's interesting I read it and so I read this one particular book and I don't want to say the name of it because I just don't because I still look up to this author <laughs> but <laughs> I freaking hated that book like it was so like not a, that it was the, it wasn't the same writing and I'm like who wrote this book like what was she thinking when she wrote this book. And no. when I wrote that book, and when I read it and got to the end, I was like, you know what? I'm going to write me a book. 
I know I can write a book better than this. Honestly, is that what that's that really what it was? I just knew that I could write a book better than that. And I'm like, if everybody is is uh, you know, tripping over this book, I know I can get them. Like real talk. <laughs> and so I, I started writing and it's so crazy because when I started writing I didn't have an outline. I just thought of some characters, and I'm like, you know what? I've always been a fan of girlfriends. Let me just pick, give me four girls, and we're going to put them through the journey of relationships, children, the ups and downs, everything. I'm not going to make it seem like, oh, you know, the guys do all the bad things in the relationships. You know, we're going to show that women, we mess up too, Craig. And so mm-hmm. I just, I did that. And so I didn't even have an outline. I just, I just. I step into the character shoes, which is what I still do now, and I just let it flow, you know, with the emotions, how they feel. I just let it flow. And I got to the end of that book, and I let uh, my my boyfriend at the time, he was an editor for his school paper, and I say, read this book and let me know what you think. And he read it so quick and got back to me. He was like, you got to publish this book. And so, you know, of course, you're like, okay, yeah, he going to hype me up. You know, he loved me, so he going to hype me up. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was working, and so, like, I had three good coworkers, and I would let them read it, and I let my best friend read it, and everybody was like, you got to publish this, you know, and I I shopped around a while because, you know, like I said, I was new to the ebook scene, so I knew nothing about the publishers, what was going on, how the royalty stuff go. I, I didn't know nothing about that. And so after a little research, I submitted to two publishers, and then the first one, he was an asshole. I ain't going to lie. He was an asshole. And I was like, I'm not signing that contract. And so mm-hmm. Portia, Portia got right back to me. Like, as soon as I sent it to Portia, she immediately called me. And that was the first notion to, okay, so the fact that I can talk to this lady, you know, it, it's not through email and text because that's basically what the guy was trying to do. He wanted to talk to me through email and text. And I'm a person, like, I got to get a feel for you. Even if I don't see you in person, I still got to get that feel. I need to hear the tone of your voice. Like, that's how I know if you mean business or if you BSing me. And the fact mm-hmm. that I talked to her, and we talked, we had like a 30-minute conversation. I mean, it was a an extended conversation. And I just felt comfortable with her. And so I signed with her. And what was the second question about the four books? <laughs> <laughs> I think you wanted to know why you signed with Royal Royalty Publishing House. Am I right, Lee? I think that was her question. She may have stepped away. But um, okay. she made well, it yeah, to I just and felt I... more comfortable. I felt comfortable talking to Portia. Like I said, when I first talked to her, she was genuine. You know, she, she didn't sugarcoat mm-hmm. nothing. She let me know the ins and outs of the business. She let me know that, you know, sometimes stuff get grimy. It's not always pretty. Like, she laid it out. And I just felt like if a person is so forthcoming with information, like, then they not trying to get over. You know what I'm saying? So that's pretty much mm-hmm. why I signed with Royalty because I just felt more comfortable with her. And still mm-hmm. signed to her to this to this day. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, Tamika, this is Tony, and I know I actually love your journey in this literature world. But I want to just go back a little bit because you say you started this book because you were unhappy with the with the author's book, and that you just decided to write with no outline. You just let it flow. But you also told us that you learned your craft. And what made you want to learn your craft, and how important is it? to know that craft if you really want to be serious in this literary business. Okay. Um, 
what I did was, to be honest, you know, like when you write a book, you write it and you're like, oh, yeah, that book is good. But if you step away mm-hmm. from it for a while and you go back and read it, sometimes you'll cringe at it because you just, you just thought it was all this. And then you go back and you see all the he, I, then, you know, and it's kind of like, no, no. I, I can't, I'm not this type of person. Now, when I first started writing, I did want to, I didn't want to, you know, have my books wordy or, you know, throwing out w- random words that people don't know just to make it sound professional. I didn't want to do that. And then, to be mm-hmm. honest, I wanted to I wanted to market to people who, because a lot of times, I, and I hate to hear people say they don't read. So, and a mm-hmm. lot of times I think when people say that they don't read, sometimes it's the fact that they can't read. It's not that they don't want to or they don't like it. They, you know, they might not have been introduced to it, but a lot of people cannot read. Like, a lot of people are illiterate. So I wanted to make sure that my books were simple. Lamest term, you know, you didn't have to go pull out no dictionary to read my books. And, but after that, when you go back and read it, it's like, okay, no, this not doing it for me. Like, I can, I can try to, you know, make my readers happy, but I still got to make myself happy in the end. So I started mm-hmm. ordering all these books on Amazon, you know, word thesauruses and all kind of stuff, you know, and reading up on emotions and because I'm not an emotional person. So I really had to tap into that side because I'm like, okay, I'm, I can't bring these emotions out because I don't know how, you know, I'm not an emotional person. But reading those type of books, like they really helped me, you know, it helped shape my craft. And I'm still learning. Like even to this day when I go back and read other books that I you know, that was good and people talk about, I still sometimes cringe at some of the work, <laughs> honestly. But mm-hmm. I can see my growth, and that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. That is important, you know, to see your growth. And um, this is still Tony. You know, we got to try to let you know who you're talking to because we've been told we sound so much alike. But like yeah, you, <laughs> you know, I, I used to ha- I had, I have, I'm not going to use it in the past, I have an author that I really enjoy reading, and um, and you mentioned about using words. You know, I've always enjoyed his his pen, but I read one book of his where he started using these words that I I had to look up, and I'm not I don't have a shortage of understanding the words. You know, I have a really big vocabulary, but when he started dropping these words, first of all, it takes you out of the story. You know, you all every other word you're in the dictionary and. That interrupts the flow of the story. So exactly. to be totally honest, I haven't read another book of his since because it just it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You're like, why why is he using these words and do they <laughs> fit? You know, the, the words yes. have to fit, but you have to also understand what you're reading. You know, not right. that we want the simple words, but we want words that we know, you know. Yeah, just mix it up. So that know? does take away. It takes away from the story. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I agree Absolutely. with that. Absolutely, because then at that point in time, you on Google or you in your phone or you got the dictionary open because now it's bugging you that you don't <laughs> know what this word means. Right. What's this word that they using? And why are they using it right here? So now you yeah, so focused on the word. <laughs> you out the story mm-hmm. now. You you not even in, right. the, in the drama. You're not in none of that. You you focused on this word. And I, you know what else exactly. does it? A name. Mm-hmm. It's nothing yeah, wrong with creating your own name. Nothing wrong with being creative. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, please don't get too creative because that's messed up the flow too. When you got <laughs> a whole storyline, then all of a sudden you get to Chana Lala Linka. It's like, what? <laughs> who gave 
gave her that I name. Lie. I agree. Even though I try to make unique names, I give my, most of my characters have like a nickname. Like they might have a real name that's, you know, something, but I try to give them all of them like a little nickname that we call them in the book. And maybe use the real name only when somebody's mad. Because I know, you know, names, they get our way out of hand. And then you go, you got names that get recycled. So it's kind of hard. You know, when you hear readers talking about a book, you're like, okay, is they talking about my character that's named Ghost? Or are they talking about somebody else, you know? And so I try mm-hmm. to, I honestly, I try to switch it up. But I, I don't I don't get into the extra long, difficult names, you know. Because that does, it does wreck the, the flow of a book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. Now, this is Alicia. Now, when you sit down and you're writing, what are some of the quirky things you have to have, like necessities at that moment? <laughs> you want me to be honest? <laughs> we nosy. Listen, let me tell you, we nosy over here and let's chat. Yeah, that's my every question. You want me to be honest? <laughs> yeah, we nosy. Listen, these are my go-tos. I got to, and it, don't laugh because it's a lot of liquids. Okay, so I have to have water because for some reason when you're drinking wine, it makes you thirsty. So I have water and wine, and I have like an energy drink, more than likely a Red Bull. And then mm-hmm. I always have me like a pack of Skittles, like the sour ones or something like that, just to kind of, you know, just that sugar rush. And then I have me a blunt on the side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just so over I there smoke, chilling and writing, right chilling and writing. <laughs> So hey, I have to get myself real. out of my comfort zone because my characters don't think they do stuff that I wouldn't do. So I have to make sure I'm out of my mind in order to create these <laughs> complex characters. Because Shanika don't do this type of stuff I write about. <laughs> <laughs> she said, but let's just be clear. Chapter 7, 8, and 9, those is all fake. That is done. not something that I would personally do. Please don't think it is. I'm not fit. That's not my uh, life. It was right. a good idea, so I put it in the book. <laughs> hey, but the wine works. When you're out of your mind, hey, and you read it the next day, you're like, what in the world? <laughs> but it works. It works. Now, have you ever written something that you didn't like? Like, have you ever written it? You've written a scene or you've written a character or you've done something in the book and then now you go back and you look at it, you're like, I don't even know what that was. Ooh, I don't even like that. No. Honestly, I have not. You know, I, like I said, I when I get to sit down to write a new book, I kind of, I think of the characters in depth. Like, honestly, I have, like, it's like a movie plan in my head of these characters. And it's like, when I think of a female character, I'm thinking of all her, her flaws. I'm thinking of her, her Everything about this person, you know, if she got a saying that I want her to say throughout the book, I'm thinking of every single thing on each character before I start writing. And I, for pretty much, most part, I already know where I'm going to take the story. And mm-hmm. like I say, I don't, my characters do stuff that I wouldn't do, but I wouldn't have them doing over-the-top stuff that's just like, no. Like, you know, just some people just go over-the-top. I'm not an over-the-top writer. Like, I don't have over-the-top drama um, over the top, you know, I just don't, you know, cause I still got to be true to myself. I still got to write what I like to read and what will make me happy. So all of my characters, they have a piece of me. They have a piece of people in my family. <laughs> I will be honest. Every character that people love and hate, I know these people in real life. <laughs> 
But mm-hmm. I love all of them. I love all. Every time I read a book, I, I'm in love with it all over again. Mm-hmm. Wow, I that's, love that's, it. that's the beauty of being an author, exactly. Now, this is Tony Shamika. I want to just go back to something that you shared and that you write the Turnout series. Can you tell us the inspiration behind it and why you turn, chose, a, you know, to always include the turnout? Turned out, rather. Um, honestly, the my first turnout book was Turnout by a Thug. And I actually let uh, Portia name that book for me, Portia, Portia certainly my um, publisher. Because it was, you know, in in when you're dealing with um, urban fiction and our genre, it's urban fiction, but they would consider it street literature, you know. And so you have to have catchy titles in order to grab somebody's attention. Because you, you look out at these books, the covers look the same, have the titles sound the same. So you try to think outside the box, you know. Mm-hmm. And when she did that, the turn out by a thug, that was my best book. Like, that was, like, to this day, that's still my best seller. It's still a good seller. Like, I still make a nice amount of money off that book. And, mm-hmm. but when you read it, the guy in the book is not a thug. He's, I mean, he's an assassin, but he's a professional assassin. But you know, that's why I, I, when I, you know, when I make book signings, I try to tell people don't, don't just look at the title, read the synopsis, and ask me about it because you know those words are just words. You know, they just to catch attention of readers because it's like 20 million books floating around social media daily. You know, right. and so from mm-hmm. that book, I actually did a spinoff. And after I did the spinoff, I, I it was it was called Sprung turned out by love, and that was m- more of a love story. It wasn't you know dealing with drugs or nothing like that, <laughs> or no killing or nothing mm-hmm. like that. And so after that, and those books sold real well. And so then I changed, I switched the titles up. You know, my other books after that, I had you know about two or three releases after that, and they did well. And then I I came back to the turned out thing for some reason, and then. Mm-hmm. With it, I would bring back these characters from, like, the Turnout by a Thug series. So it was like, if I'm going to bring these characters back, I'm going to throw a Turnout title on it, too, so they'll know that it's, this book is connected. Now, every title that I have that's turned out is not connected. But a lot of my characters are connected from each book. You know, you might it might be one person from this book that I wrote two years ago that might just make an appearance in this book because they work wherever this person is going. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was kind of like the flow, and then it was like... One of my best friends, she was like, you should just name all of them Turned Out and just do you a whole Turned Out thing. And she was like, team Turned Out? I'm, I'm team Turned Out. That's what she said. And I'm like, oh, so you, you team Turned Out? Okay, well, we're just going to go with that and see how it works. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, they just know me for, you know, Turned Out by somebody. And, I mean, every once in a while, I still, I don't use the Turned Out title for every single book that I have. But I still, you know, they know me by that. So I'll still, every, you know, every few series, I'll throw a Turned Out title out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, then. <laughs> now listen, Miss. Uh, turned out yesterday we had Mr. Whiplash. Today, see, we got Miss Turned Out. So, you know, here in the chat room, we like to do something a little fun with our guests. And since you team turned out, we about to turn up. So uh, I am going to give you three props. You're going to take oh, those Lord. props, you're going to add them into a live excerpt. So that means a scene, 
that you can act out. You can do it in first person, third person, second person, however you want to do it, whatever genre you want to do it in, whatever direction you want to take it. Um, it's all on you. You have full creative control. The only thing you must do is use those props. You can also just take the props and place them into a scene with your current characters. Okay. So the three props yeah. I'm going to give you are... Hmm. I'm going to give you a switchblade, a vibrator. Oh Lord. And a pair of handcuffs. <laughs> And, and, and <laughs> you got creative control. We don't know. You just as long as you use them three props: switch play, a vibrator, and handcuffs. However you want to use them, that's your thing. We just want the snack as the readers. Okay, so I'm I'm, I'm telling a little story or something. A short excerpt. You know what an excerpt? An excerpt is like a short scene out your book. Girl, okay, let's see. I'm gonna have to make some up. You know, I got, I, I honestly hey. I got a book that I can put this in, but I hey, have at <laughs> it, honey. We ready? <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, uh, let me see. Switchblade, vibrator, handcuffs. Okay. Okay, let me. Okay, I almost got it. I almost got it. <laughs> This is crazy. Okay, let me see. I would say maybe um, as I lay handcuffs to the bed, and um, give me a name, Saz reached over into the nightstand to grab some lubricant. Instead, he found my vibrator. Instantly, he he snatched his switchblade from behind his ear and cut it. I don't know, tap. She tried. Y'all got me thinking on the sober mind. I know. Listen, what I, what I tell you, I write with. <laughs> <laughs> You needed your own, your own props, right? <laughs> but I, I got them in there, vibrator, handcuffs, switchblade. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna have me laughing all night thinking about this because I done wrote these props down. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I already know. I'm going to let my readers know. Hey, when you see the three words in this book, just know. <laughs> Tony and Lisa, they make that up. <laughs> oh, I already told my readers to be listening. Hey, see, y'all already know. When y'all hear this, y'all know where it came from. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. They know I'm crazy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
listen, they know, they know me. They know who I am. I'm trying to act right on this but, show. So no surprises, right? <laughs> That's all right. That means that it's the authentic. We get your authentic you. Yo, 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 your authentic pen at all times, and we do this because we want readers to be able to experience the raw um, skills that the authors have, and um, because sometimes mm. that helps them appreciate what they bring when they when they put these books out and the work that kind of goes into it and the creativity that they have. Right, especially like when they get to hear your voice and see you, it's a difference. I, I found that out, you know, because. Mm-hmm. Like I say, most of me are in my characters, the way they talk, you know, a little sly shit they say, uh-oh. <laughs> and um, so, you know, when they hear my voice and they hear how I talk and they know my characters are from, you know, where I'm from, it kind of gives them a notion like, oh, okay, so when this person said that, he probably meant, meant it like that. And, you know, when you read a book, you get your own perception of that book. When you read it, you, you read it from your words, not the author words, but when they hear your voice and they see you on a regular, it's kind of like, it's a, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. It does. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Now, before you step out of the chat room, we want you to shout out all of your social media where everybody can get your book. We want you to tell the listeners what your newest book is, as well as any events you have coming up. Um, social media information. I'm on uh, Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, Shamika Jones. You can like my author page at Arthur Shamika Jones. I'm on Instagram at uh, Yes, I'm That Shamika, and Twitter, Miss Gemini. I'm also on Goodreads as Arthur Shamika Jones. Um, all of my books are available on Amazon. Is um, I think it's like 39 total. I I'm done lost count. Um. But they're all available on Amazon. Also, you can go to my website, www.shamikajones.com. You can also order paperbacks from my website. They are all $10 a piece. Um, my latest book, the last book I put out, it's a series. It's a three-part series. Part one and two is currently out, and it is called In Love with the Plug. Uh, those are also available on Amazon, paperback, and ebook. Mm-hmm. Do you have any events coming up, Shamika? Um, I don't right now. Um, only thing that is for certain that I do have planned is the five five six uh chicks book uh kickback that's in July of twenty twenty. Um, I do mm-hmm. want to attend the um the Chicago um signing as well, but I have that has not been confirmed. Only thing like I said that has been confirmed so far is the kickback twenty twenty. And that's always a great event, you know, like Lisa, we was talking about earlier, that that allows even readers that are not familiar with an author's pen and their library, you know, they, they get to meet them and they become new readers. So right. I don't know if you've experienced that, so that you know, mm-hmm. you experience yeah. that because, you know, not everybody knows your pen, but when you're all in that, encompassing that one area and you have hundreds of readers coming in, you can get a whole bunch of readers and and your your titles attract them as well. So that's part of of, of reeling in a reader. Once they get that that title and the colors, that plays a part in how a reader sees it and that synopsis. And then that gets to asking questions and you're right there to answer whatever questions that they may have. Right. You can pretty much give them anything, you know, and 
Like a lot of people come to the kickback, and you know, everybody come. They mostly have their favorite reader or who they specifically mm-hmm. came to see. But right. the opportunity is there, and you can always That's whisper. Right. I mean, you know that mouthpiece. We're a good writer, so if you can, you know, put your words together, you can persuade. You know, mm-hmm. sell fish, to, sell water to a fish, because you know you're in a big fund. <laughs> you know, and hey. Especially women. We buy stuff on impulse. You can always pretty much get a woman to buy anything, you know. I mm-hmm. am attested to that because I buy stuff that I don't be needing. But if a person got a good game, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? You about to talk me into buying this. And I know you playing me, but I'm going to buy it anyway. You know. <laughs> you got to be that. You got to be that because, you know, they come to spend money anyway. So why mm-hmm. not you get it? You know, you got to get it before mm-hmm. somebody right. else get it because somebody going to get it, you know. Why not mm-hmm. me? That's right. And, you know, Alicia and I, we've gone to a few. I've gone to two of their events. Alicia's gone to um, uh, maybe one or two more. But one of the things that we give advice that we give to authors is, is, is be available. Make 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 yourself very approachable. You know, don't just sit behind a table. Stand in front exactly. of that table. Greet, greet those readers that are going by because each reader that goes by is a reader that doesn't buy your book. You know, engage. Be very approachable. And so those are all little tips that we try to give, you know, especially first-time authors because your personality is going to draw that reader to you and and keep that reader with you, especially if they're not familiar with your work. So, you know, those are just some tips that we try to, you know, give to those that are attending these events. Make yourself as approachable as possible right and it's you know I, I learned that um you know that's something mm-hmm. that my publisher tell us a lot you know you gotta if you don't look excited nobody's gonna stop at your table you know and if you just sitting down mm-hmm. you know it's easy for them to walk past you because you know it's so many tables up it's so many banners and all kind of stuff that's going on in the kickback so it's like if you're mm-hmm. not in somebody's face you're not selling the book because like so nine times ten they come in there for a specific person or because they want to meet people stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's your job to pretty much be the dog and pony show because this is this is That's your right. event. Even though it's a million people, I mean, you know, a hundred, two hundred authors there, it's still your event. This is up to you in order to make that money back that you spent to get here. Because trust me when I tell you, it's not cheap <laughs> That's to get right. any signings That's at right. all. And so, you know, mm-hmm. it's no point of paying, you know, six, seven hundred dollars to go to a signing and you sitting down like, no, like, but I'm mm-hmm. a talk, I'm a talker anyway. So, hey, even if we ain't talking about a book, I'll be done stopped you and had a conversation and been like, oh, have you been turned out? You know, <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's, 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 that's that give and take, you know, you've already established some type of dialogue with that person. You know, and also another tip that we like to give, uh, Alicia and I like to give to the um, attendees, is keep your table very, you know, don't have food and drinks and all that stuff on there. Keep it all about you and your craft. You know, you want right. you don't want to things that can, can take away from it. And the last kickback I went to, I actually met Fortune there. And, um, you know, you have to make yourself presentable. Just make yourself fun to want to be around, and that just draws the crowd into you. And right, you don't even necessarily have to talk about your book. <laughs> That's right. You don't necessarily have to be talking about your book. And like you say, oh, yeah, did you know I wrote this book? You know, maybe you could just, you know, just take a look at yeah, it. Maybe you got be interested. In it. And there you go. 
You got to. We always on the grind. Authors, you know, we always on the grind because, I mean, it's money, but you got to work for that money. And so mm-hmm. if you slack up, your money going to slack. That's right. But that's the mentality you have to have, Shamika. A lot of a lot of authors don't have that mentality. And I think it's a beautiful thing when you see an author get that hustle. You know, they're hustling their, their craft. They're taking those books everywhere they go, to the to the post office, to the gas station, to the grocery right. store, to, to to the Rite Aid. Anywhere they go, they're riding a the train. They got books on them. They're riding their okay. airplane. Even if you don't have a book, you know right place book? cards are perfect. Place cards mm-hmm. are perfect. I have those. I ordered mm-hmm. those. And you can leave them anywhere. Like, you can literally be at a, a, a counter ordering some food and leave five of them right there and just walk off. And somebody's going to see them, you know. I leave my business cards everywhere. I leave my place cards everywhere. I mean, I went to the beauty supply house the other day, and they actually got an mm-hmm. area for this stuff. I'm like, oh, no, let me run to the car real quick. <laughs> it's true, though. And, you know, you barbershops never know. just <laughs> You never know where you're going to find your next read. You never know. I mean, your next reader, you never know. That's right. And also, you know, Alicia and I, we used to get, when we attend these events, sometimes authors have just little pamphlets with just a little snippet of what they have, like maybe three or four pages. Those are good things to to give out, too, at at, at things like the kickback. That's what I plan to have at my next event. I thought about that. Right mm-hmm. after this event, I was like, you know what? I need something that's going to have me a few chapters. I got to get it made. So I got to mm-hmm. get me a printer. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's a good thing because even if people don't know your work, if they read it while they just happen to be walking around, they like, like, you know, the first, if your first, which it should be, your first chapter popping, it's going to make them come mm-hmm. around and come back. Like, okay, wait a minute. I read that's the first right. two chapters. I need to see what else is going to go on. You know, right. And that's why it's mm-hmm. always good to have a good first chapter because that's going to define if they're going to continue to read it or if they're going to close it and lay down and go to sleep because you want them to lose sleep. <laughs> Anytime a reader tell me they lost sleep, I'll be like, oh, yes, I did my job. <laughs> exactly. And to me, I live in New York City, so anytime I'm in a good book and I miss my stop, now that's a good book. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because I've, I've stayed up plenty of nights. I mean, you know, when I finally finish the book and turn that light off, it's like the sun coming through. I'm like, wait a minute, what happened? Yeah, those are the great. Those are the great. <laughs> and then that alarm clock's going to go off. I'm like, oh, no. I'm, I still have a, two more chapters to go. <laughs> so I might as well read these. That's so true. That's so true. That's the life of a of a person that really enjoys reading, and and I can right. relate. <laughs> Me too. Well, we have I'm a writer. So, I'm a have, reader first. I know, but see now you have the beauty of both worlds, reader right. and a writer. So yes. that, that's a that's a beautiful thing. Because it's a lot of banging books out there, like a lot of them. Mhm. I know that's right. Well, Shanika, we have so enjoyed having you here on Let's Chat, and please don't make this your last time. This is your home. You are welcome to come back anytime. Anytime. And once again, again, congratulations on all your your literary accomplishments, and we hope to to see more of the Turned Out series coming from you. Keep twerking that pen. I will have more for you, and I will come back to the show any and every time you guys want me to. Hey, I am ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we thank you. <laughs> we appreciate you. You can continue to listen. If not, we want you to have a good night. All right. Thank you, ladies.
You are more than welcome. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. I love her energy. (laughs) She had me rolling. (laughs) We have our next. (laughs) We have our next fabulous guest, y'all. Listen, if y'all don't know who this man is, I don't know where you've been. We have actor and comedian and just all around funny, cool guy, actor and comedian Rodney Perry. Hey, Mr. Perry. What's up, ladies? How y'all doing? We are good. We are good. Welcome back to Let's Chat. Hey, I'm excited. We are excited to have you. I was trying to get him for our uh, anniversary which is on the 25th, on the 26th. So I was trying to do it on the 25th, and he was going to be out of town. But he was able to grace us with his presence on today, and we so appreciate you for that. Hey, I'm glad I was able to get on and chat with y'all today. Absolutely. Okay, so you got to let us know what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen since the last time you was in the chat room, because it's been a minute, sir. I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on. I'm, I'm an author now. I got a book on the streets on uh, Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Called Rodney Perry Moments on My Journey, and uh, it's just a cool little book that um, it was kind of a labor of love for me, and uh, that's out and uh, and I'm currently shooting Coming to America too. Look at you! Oh. You working your pants round and round. <laughs> okay, so I I want to go back when you decided to sit down and write this book. What was going on? In, in your world and in your mind when you decided to say, let me just go ahead on and write this 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 thing right here? Well, well you know what? To be honest, it, it had been on my bucket list for a long time. And I just woke up one Saturday morning. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop saying I'm going to do it and just do it. And mm-hmm. I, I, wrote out, I wrote out the outline. And I had a friend of mine who was an author, and, and she gave me some help. You know, I mean, we all need some help, but she gave me some help on how to do it. And, mm-hmm. uh I just I just started writing it and uh I got it done and I'm really proud of it too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love it. Now Rodney, this is me too. This is Tony Rodney. Now you you have made your niche in the comedian world and now you've had a little foray into the literate literature world. How difficult and how did you have to approach literature differently than you approach um comedy? Well, at the end of the day, it's all about telling the story. And mm-hmm. so it's similar, but it's different in terms of the way you do it. And so uh, for for me, um, you know, I, I'm also a stroke survivor. So three years ago, I had a stroke. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to, if nothing more, I want my kids to be able to see what their dad was thinking at different points in his life, that they, mm-hmm. stories they may or may not know about. So you know, everything is in the book from, you know, working with Sandy Entertainer to working with Monique and working with uh, Steve Harvey and people like that. And then it's, it's some life stuff, you know. you know. I got stories of life when my mom passed away and stories about how, how you how you get through stuff. And, and so at the end of the day, if, if people can learn from my journey uh, or learn from my moments, then, you know, I, I want them to walk away with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, you've been a comedian for some time, and you've been able to see uh, the different changes in the industry along the years. How has 
the industry changed from the first time you you popped on the scene? I mean, more than anything, the, the biggest change is how people get famous has changed. Like, you know, when I started, you know, you wanted to get on television or movies, which is still the same, but now people are getting famous from their, their phone. You know, so you got people that are, you know, social media enthusiasts that becoming famous and, and starting a tour doing stand-up. So that's the biggest change. But at the same time, you still got to be able to make people laugh live, and that, that never ends. Absolutely. So when you sit down and you write your jokes, because being a comedian, that could be kind of tough. So what is your writing process like when you sit down and write fresh jokes? Well, you know, I'm I'm always thinking of stuff. Like I might have 50 ideas a day, you know, and so I, I'll write down stuff that I think is funny, like just a, a the idea, and then I go to an open mic or a comedy club somewhere and I and I throw it out there and see if it works. And if it works, then we'll try it again and again until it becomes a, a full thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my process in a nutshell. But everybody's different, you know. That's just my process. Some people can sit out with a blank sheet of paper just write a joke. I need to make sure people want to hear it while I commit to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, Ronnie, this is Tony. Do you see your audience? Before you, you know, as as you're coming out on on stage, do you see your audience and see who's out there and that make you rethink or retwerk it in your head before your delivery? Based well, on your audience, that you say. Absolutely, absolutely. You always take the audience into consideration. Like, like I I got I've been making I've been writing jokes for years, so every audience needs something different. So where I'm always honest and you know telling my story. Which story mm-hmm. I get into is relative to the audience. Like, if, if it's an audience full of couples, then I go into my couple stuff. You know, if, if it's an mm-hmm. audience that, that are married folks, then I get the kids, the relationship, and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, I've been around long enough to have something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey. Now, this is Leisha. We have to always say who we are because we sound so much alike. Yeah, I sound like of- I was about to say that. <laughs> What has been the most, one of the most difficult moments that you've experienced in your career? Difficult? I mean, yeah. I had a lot of difficult moments. <laughs> um, you know, the hardest part for, for me is, was, was finding my voice because your voice is, is, is kind of abstract with it. When I, when I said it, I mean, like, like, you have to know what you care about, and mm-hmm. and 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 that'll allow you to be consistent. Whoever's out there, you know what I mean. So, like, say for instance, when I walk into, a, I was in Memphis this past weekend, right? Memphis, the city of Memphis, you know, they don't play. So, you know, especially my audience usually mostly black, and so black people want to laugh. They going through whatever they going through, and so for a few minutes, I I let them depart from that. So I I got, you know, the type of material that, that you listen to. You're like, okay, this dude to live a life that's not, not too different that, from my own life. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's those commonalities you're always trying to strike. Hmm. Absolutely. Now, this is Alicia again. So if you weren't doing stand-up and you were not acting, what would you be doing in your life 
I mean, that's a great question, Alicia. I mean, there's really never been a plan B for me. You know, I, I've always been really committed. I mean, I, I served in the United States Navy for eight years. So, you know, I would be retired by now if I had stayed on that path. But if I weren't, if I were doing comedy or acting, I would probably be maybe an educator of some sort. And I, I, I have joy in, in teaching people. You know, I teach an improv class now. And so I, I might be a, a teacher. Okay. Yeah, I might, I might be a us, teacher. Now tell us what you've learned about yourself from the first time you decided to be a comedian to now. How, how has Rodney Perry grown as a as a comedian and a man? You know, more than anything, I've learned how to be honest. You know, like, you know, when I first started doing comedy, I heard Richard Pryor say, you know, he said he was telling a joke. He said he would tell a lie. And 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 the other person would tell a lie, and he and he would he would laugh at the lies. But comedy is really true. Like the more honest you can be, the better you are. Your favorite comic is really honest on stage, you know, whatever they're going through. So the biggest life lesson I've learned through comedy is is be honest, and people kind of gravitate to your honesty more than they do even the jokes. Okay. Now this is Tony um Rodney. Mm-hmm. With the influx of comedians and and everyone thinks that they're a comedian, how do you keep yourself relevant in the industry because being a comedian is not easy, you know, it's actually hard work. But how do you keep yourself relevant in the sea of comedy? I I mean, more than anything, it, it's like you said, it's one of those things everybody thinks they can do, but mm-hmm. relevancy is about constantly, you know, paying attention to what's going on, like, you know, like I created the whole Uncle Rodney thing. If you look at my social media, you'll be doing Uncle Rodney stuff. Uncle Rodney is is my foray into social media, which in, in itself makes you relevant. And so mm-hmm. I think the idea ultimately is to to, to constantly be in a, 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 a perpetual state of working. Like, I'm always thinking, you know, how how we can work, you know, smarter and not harder like so the book was part of it you know you write a book mm-hmm. and then people they give you a new something to talk about you write, you go do a movie they give you a new something to talk about so it's always mm-hmm. about staying consistent and and people let you know like i went to a family reunion right and uh one of my little cousins she's like 10 years old and she was like you know they was telling her that i was in a Madea movie and so she Googled it. She mm-hmm. said, oh, that was 10 years ago. I almost strangled this little girl. But <laughs> I, I realized it's time for me to get a new movie. So we mm-hmm. we, uh, we, book, we book coming to America so she can shut up. <laughs> that, that's funny, 10 years ago. This is still Tony Rodney. You know, you had mentioned earlier about some of the, the, the new comedians that have come into the business, you know, in part due to social media. But do uh-huh. you think the influx of the social media people that are coming into comedy kind of takes away from the hard work that uh, a seasoned comedian and the respect of comedy plays? Do you think that takes away from it? Oh, you know, on the surface, a lot of, a lot of my peers feel that way. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the moment you don't understand the kids is the moment you old. And so... You know, everybody is relevant, and so 
I, I'm not adversarial with the young folks, and I think that's the secret. Mm-hmm. You you can't you can't fight them. You give them game like like the, that you wanted. Like when I was a young comic, all I wanted was somebody to show me the game. So you know, I reach out to cats like you know Country Wayne and Desi Desi Banks, some of these guys out there, and if you know to give them. You know, as a, as a guy that's been around, if I don't give you the game, then who's going to give it to you? So I believe that you, you help them, and that in turn makes you relevant and consistent. Mm-hmm. Everybody need an uncle. That's true. Mm-hmm. Now, Mr. Perry, you mentioned in the beginning that you are going to be part of the cast of Coming America 2. Tell us how that came about. I mean, you know what? I went and auditioned. I, uh, you know, I have an agent here in Atlanta, and I auditioned for the role, and I booked it, man. And it was really a surreal moment. I got, I got the call from my agent. She's like, you know, you booked Coming to America, and I was like, whoa. I mean, because one, Eddie Murphy is in it, and he's the reason I do stand up. And so mm-hmm. when I, my first day on the set, I get to work with Eddie Murphy. It was, it was unreal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that makes it even more more worthy of us going to see because you will be in it, and we can say he was on our show, Lee. See, yeah, I know that dude. <laughs> that's, that's the homie. I know, oh, yeah. He really, yeah. he really. Y'all gotta watch that. But yeah, now you know, I saw I, I, all your. I ain't gonna front though. It ain't it ain't the biggest part in the world, but you know it's people begging to be a part hey. of this movie though. Listen, you in the NBA, you in all you got to do is sit on the bench when they get a ring. I'm just saying. So it don't have see to that? be. See that? See <laughs> that? You know, I'm going to get a ring, too. <laughs> right. It, 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 hey, listen. You just need your name called when them Grammys is handed out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is right. You're absolutely right. And and, and and most people don't really understand that. I mean, you, you say that so mm-hmm. easy, and people don't really get that. Sometimes it's, it's it's not about being the main guy all the time. Sometimes you just want to be at the party. You just want to get an invite. Right. And so uh, I got an invite, man. I'm, I'm in probably uh, a movie that's going to be an instant classic, man. The story is great. and um, Eddie Murphy is the coolest guy in the world. And uh, mm-hmm. working on working with, you know, people like Tracy Morgan and Lunell. Lunell and I started together. So for us to be in a movie together is nothing but, it's it's done by God. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Just the title alone is a is a is a grabber. You know that that's a classic in in the, in, in that field. Yeah. Now, Mr. Perry, as as a a celebrity, um, as a comedian, I know that you always meet um, fans. Um, you uh-huh. always meet people that that just touch your spirit. They touch your soul. What is the mm-hmm. most memorable time for you uh, of being able to meet a fan? I mean, it, it's been a few moments in my career. Um, I did a show years ago, uh, and um, it was my first tour. Cedric Entertainer took me out on the road, myself and a bunch of comedians. And after my set, I met a lady. She walked up to me. She said, Excuse me, sir. And I was like, sir, you know, <laughs> I was just tripping off that, first of all. And she was like, like I lost my son earlier this year, and I haven't laughed since, since that happened. And you made me laugh tonight. Thank you. And that lady really is somebody I never mm-hmm. forget. You know, but I've mm-hmm. also lost fans before. 
you know, like I've lost one fan my whole career. I'm in Cleveland, Ohio at a comedy club, and, you know, I'm selling merchandise, T-shirts or CDs or something, and I just couldn't get to the lady. And I was like, uh, give me a second. And I saw that lady go, no, nah, that's all right. And mm. I always say if I ever meet her again, I apologize to her because I was so busy trying to, you know, get the dollar that that I, I really did give her the time she deserved. And uh, mm-hmm. I'd never forget that. And because of that, I give every person my undivided attention when I can. Mm-hmm. That's a hard lesson to learn, but a lesson indeed. Absolutely. I think I'm going to meet her. I'm going to meet her again. If, you know, if she still walk around, she, she'll show up one day and I'll be like, you know, I never forgot. Although I don't know what the hell she looked like. But if she, <laughs> if she, I'll remember the moment, though. If she reminds me of the moment, I'll be like, yep, I remember you. But that's a sign you know to look for when you when you're in that you know in that environment where you see that you may be losing someone, you know that it's time to reel them back in. Absolutely. Now we always like to do something fun here on Let's Chat, and so I'm gonna ask you just a quick fun question. And I know you've done this before because you've you've done uh, so many different shows, but if you could. Put a star-studded show together full of comedians. Uh, Who would you have in that show, dead or alive, and why? Wow. Okay, how many comics do I get? As many as you want. This is your production. Okay, I'm I'm going to say five just for the sake of making it a dope show. All right. Uh, first of all, I'm going to be on the show. Uh, start there. Mm-hmm. I would love to. I would love to do a show with Bernie Mac because I met him, but I never worked with him. So and he and I'm a huge Bernie Mac fan. I would also put Robin Harris on the show mm. because again, I'm I'm one. I'm a huge fan of Robin Harris. I would put Dave Chappelle on it because I think he's the funniest man alive right now. Um. Of Eddie Murphy because he's the reason I do comedy, and I will put Cat Williams and Kevin Hart on the show because I want them to work together. together. Oh. I I want them to work together because I <laughs> I think they're both super talented and they should work together and they really don't. So I will make that happen. That's that's quite a lineup there. That's a fire show, right? That's gonna be funny. Everybody go listen. I'm coming. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, you you don't want to go. Nobody wants to go last on that show because, you know, who go close? No, they don't. <laughs> they don't Everybody opening. I, I think Bernie Mac might close, though, because he, he don't he, he don't he, he, he'll follow anybody. He don't care. Man, <laughs> that would savage. be a dope show. And then... Mm-hmm. It would be so sold out, y'all would have to do it on, like, Netflix or something so yeah, that yeah, everybody, everybody could be able to experience it. Yeah, I might, I might, yeah. I might, I might, throw, I might throw Monique in there, too, because that's my home. Okay. Now, Monique, Miss Monique me, is funny, though. She, she, me and Monique. <laughs> me and Monique are hosted together. Okay, okay. Yeah. I love that. So, mm-hmm. when you get your Netflix special... You know, 
and you need workers, you know, me and C, we could be part of the team. Just let us know. Y'all ready? Just let us know. We ready. We ready. We ready. Our bags is already in the closet. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all get ready because it's coming soon. All right. <laughs> you let us know when and where. <laughs> yeah, that'll be that'll be good. Oh, Mr. Perry, we so appreciate you coming and kicking with us at such short notice. We appreciate you. We want you to shout out all of your social media where everyone can get your book. If you have any book sightings coming out, make sure you shout those out and any shows. I know you got a few shows coming up as well. Yeah, absolutely. I got uh, all the social media is Rodney Perry Live. Uh, So anything, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can find me, Rodney Perry or Rodney Perry Live. And um, as far as the calendar, you can go to the website, RodneyPerry.com. Uh, I got Kansas City next week. I got uh, – well, you guys will be doing anniversary uh, festivities, but y'all ain't going to make that. But, you know, I got Denver coming up. I got um, – where else I got to go? I got to go uh, Richmond, Virginia, Virginia Beach, all that's coming up before the year is out. So, you know, I'm touring. I mean, I'm a comedian first. And and uh, y'all, y'all pray for your boy because we still, we still build a, a great brand. Absolutely. 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 We after a while they're gonna be calling you Uncle Uncle Rodney. There's nothing wrong Uncle with Rodney. that. I got the Uncle Rodney T shirts coming out. I that's a All whole right. show. Look, that's a whole I gotta show. Say, I gotta mm-hmm. send I gotta send y'all some Uncle Rodney T shirts. Absolutely. That's a whole show. We just gave you a new sitcom, Uncle Rodney. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Why you playing? Why you playing? I'm about to start. I'm, sorry, I'm about to start working on that. Absolutely, hey, Uncle Rodney. We serious. <laughs> Everybody need. You we just see. said it. Everybody need an Uncle Rodney, and that's a whole show. Cause you know he that's in your right. business. He telling your business. He making you feel stupid about your business. I mean. <laughs> Are you playing? I'm about to start working on that tomorrow. I'm about, I'm about to put up Uncle Rodney. I'm about to put, I'm about to start an Uncle Rodney series on my IG page. There you go. All Time right. to make some less chat. <laughs> hey, that's what we do. That's what y'all do. <laughs> hey, hey, I gotta get back to my date night. I'm on date night with my wife. You know, we just celebrated our 23 year anniversary, so we Happy we out, we out right now. Perry. Thank you so very much for that. Your, your husband. I didn't know you had an event in Conyers. I would have came. That was back in August. Yeah, and I, I got. Mean, a, I'm going out to that the Cula. I'll be there tomorrow. That Where? the Cula, something like that. It's like way out, like Lawrenceville area. Uh, well, I live in Conyers. That's when I saw that. I was like, wait, he was here. I showed with a cane. Oh yeah, that's that they they do that monthly too. That's a good show. Even if I'm not there, go go see it. Oh really? Okay. okay. Yeah. We we so appreciate you, Mr. Perry, and you know that hey, you are man, welcome back you. anytime. I love blog talk. I love blog talk, and I love blog talk shows. And I had a show on blog talk for several years. So uh, anytime mm-hmm. somebody hit me up to come on blog talk, I'm, I'm honored. We appreciate oh, well, we thank you. you for that. And we excited. We waiting for Mr. Pe- we waiting for Uncle Perry to come on out. Uncle Rodney, we waiting on that. We'll be the first one sharing it all around. They can be like, what's that? This is the new show. <laughs> we gave there him an idea. He got that from Y'all us. really did. <laughs> you guys and have a good night, Mr. Care. Perry. I know you have a good night. Absolutely. Yep. Have a good night.
That was that was fun, T. <laughs> we always have a good time when he comes into the chat room. We though. Do. He, he keeps it live. <laughs> Man, this has been a great show, y'all. Y'all just don't know. This has been a great show. We appreciate you guys. I don't know, for those who are just tuning in, welcome to Let's Chat. If you have missed our first interview with the fabulous Shamika Jones, author of Royalty Publishing, the fabulous Portia Sterling, no worries. Just head over to our archives here at blogtalk.com. You can also catch us on iTunes as well as iHeartRadio. We appreciate you guys. We talked that talk today. We walked in our purpose. We want you to walk in yours. We will see you guys on next week for another fabulous show. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Good night. Busting my tail on a nine to five Just to keep up, try to stay alive Promise my lady we gon' be alright She be crying while she praying for a better life Hustling on the side for a bag of rice Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through the Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for a better day Gotta keep my faith to make a way Gotta get extended so the gas can pay Sweet Georgia